I don't play videos can die. <laughs> I will not patronize patronize your website or utilize it in any way if you have autoplay videos. Yeah, they kind of suck. Especially if they're the autoplay kind of videos. By the way, welcome to the podcast edition of the show. I already said this, but I'm restarting the intro. It's Monday, April 5th. It's 2.18 in Podcastville. It's Eric, it's Alex, and we have, uh, we have a lot to get to. But what's worse than autoplay videos is when they autoplay when you're like 18 seconds already into the page. <laughs> or when you're done with the page and they're still playing, like, and you've turned everything off your phone already. Ah! That happens to me all the time. Um, hi, you're not, you're, you're a little unwell today. Uh, I, what is, what's the Matchbox 20? I'm, no, I'm not, I'm a little unwell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, normal stuff. My monthly visit is just visiting with a vengeance today. Do you, is that what, is that how you say it, my monthly visit? You don't do like Ant Flow or whatever else? Yeah, I, I do all of them actually. It just depends. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had a doctor's appointment today and I was asked to leave and I get why. Yeah. Um, but I had to answer yes to the, have you been in contact with anybody who's tested positive? Uh. Um, and when I got to work, Jerry's like, eh, you weren't really in contact. <laughs> so I get it. It's better safe than sorry. I have no symptoms or anything like that. Um, and I would hope that, the first dose of the vaccine gave me some level of immune, uh, immunity, but because it's easy to get one and it's free, uh, mm-hmm. I did go over to Rite Aid to get a test because I would like to get back in and see my doctor. Ah, I see. So did you get your test results yet? For which test? You said you went over the to Rite Aid COVID. to get a COVID test. Yeah. I didn't do the rapid one. Oh, um, okay. That would have been prudent, but it. Pro- I don't know if my insurance covered that. So what are you? What does this mean for your um, second dose? Well, I spoke to a lovely lady at the health department, <laughs> and uh, that person said, "As long as I don't have any symptoms, I'm, I, I don't." You're asking the same question I did. She didn't really answer that, but I don't think it really means anything. They just don't want me coming if I have symptoms. So and and like I wonder if when these questions are so the way that I take it is like, have you had recent contact with somebody who tested positive for COVID? Like, unless it was direct contact, less than six feet for more than 15 minutes, I say no, because that's how they had determined. Like, when we had a COVID scare at the center and we had to work with the health department, that was how they determined who needed to quarantine for 10 days and who didn't. And by that amount of contact. So when somebody asks me, did I have contact with them? And I know I didn't have that kind of contact. I always say no. Right. I hope that's not irresponsible of me. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so at all. That's the that's mm-hmm. the list that, that Jerry ran down. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I messaged my doctor and I was like, hey, I, I wasn't like within six feet for X amount of time. I didn't mm-hmm. lick any of her droplets off of any. So I'm probably completely good, if anything. So Josh and her ran some errands last Monday. He Ooh. might he might have. Uh, but he was trying to. So he has. Sorry to violate everybody's HIPAA. Um but Josh had also just gotten the Johnson and Johnson vaccine last Wednesday, so he had a oh. truck hit him, and he was trying to figure out. Now he's staying home, which is smart. Yeah. Um, but I think I answered no to all the things that you went through. The only thing that kind of uh, 
kind of bugged me was I thought we were at the point, and I don't know if this is just for kids or whatever, but I thought we were at the point now where if you didn't have any symptoms, it was like 10 days, not 14. It is 10 days. Yeah, that was that was in like the fall. Yeah. That changed. So, I don't know. I, I, but I'm not going to be a dick about somebody being overcautious. Sure. Yeah, agreed. Because um, you know what? If I'm coming to work, there's nobody here. If I'm interacting with a doctor, like mm-hmm. that could be bad. If he got it and spread it, so better safe than sorry. Yeah. Um, let's get this nonsense out of the way. Gwen Stefani is coming to Toledo. <laughs> Uh, How I, does Floyd feel about this? I don't know. I don't <laughs> doesn't know. Floyd, doesn't he hate her? I don't like her. Oh, that was you then. Never I, mind. I think she's very overrated. I'm taking partial credit when we all kind of thought it's going to be a country artist. She's married to one. That's or true. will be one. Um, she's ageless. I think she's like 51 now or 52. Um, I read something about her last week giving like skincare suggestions. And I was like, sometimes you just have, and I think she even said like, sometimes you just get lucky and have great DNA, but not, I'm very happy for you in Toledo and it's going to be at uh, Promenade Park downtown. Tickets go on sale 10 o'clock on Friday at like Promenade Concerts and Ticketmaster, but not my thing. I'd almost rather have it be a country person, but whatever. I would not. I'm actually happy about it. I believe I'm going to go. Just because it's a concert and it's with somebody that I like. <laughs> um, I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go. I hope I can go with my friends. I'm going to dress like the missing member of No Doubt. Because um, I feel like I have plenty of things in my wardrobe that would absolutely fit that. And I'm going to have a good time. So I want to go. I'm excited. I just clicked over to the website. Um, Did you? I want to know how much tickets are. 30 bucks, I think, is just regular admission. Are you? This is different, though. Yeah, no, it's thirty bucks, but they have different tiers, so they have VIP pricing as well now. I don't see any ticket prices on the site. So, are you? Um, did, did you see the caught the prices somewhere? Yeah, I did okay. on Facebook. All right, good. Thirty bucks for Gwen Stefani is is a steal. Did I lose you? Is somebody calling you? And she went away. Um, if tickets are thirty dollars for Gwen Stefani, hi, welcome back. <laughs> Sorry. If thirty bucks, if it's thirty bucks for Gwen Stefani, buy all the tickets and then start scalping them because that's a steal. You know what? It's exactly what I thought it was going to be, though. It reminds me of like lawn prices. Like when we went to the Santana concert, I think I spent like a hundred. But if we were to go to the lawn, it would have been like thirty, thirty-five. You know, so it reminds me of that. And I think Good that deal. they have. I think they are going. I saw like multiple price options, and thirty was the lowest. Could take advantage of it. I like it. So, and I'm happy that it's not just a country, you know, a country singer. Cause I feel like you're then like, you, you're only going to tap into one type of audience in the, with the Solheim cup it being as like big as it is for women's golf. Like, I feel like it deserves more than just country. And a lot yeah. less, and a lot less racism will visit downtown if it's, <laughs> You know, if it's a country artist, there's, you're going to have a portion of of your attendees that don't like people who don't look like them. And that's Agreed. Just, just the way it is. Agreed. Speaking of that, there is going to be some extremely adult language within the next 10 minutes of the podcast. If you listen with kids or this bothers you, you might want to tune out now. Very good um, warning. I like this. There will... I am not going to say these words... 
But Alexandria, yesterday, and we'll get to the serious stuff later on. Yesterday, I spent most of the day off of my phone. Uh, um, oh. What do you mean, uh, oh? Well, I remember when you what you posted the other day when you just found out because you hadn't been on your phone. I am... I saw... So DMX is probably going to wind up either dying or pulled off everything. Yeah. There's a lot of conflicting reports. Nothing seems concrete, but it would seem that he's breathing on his own, but he is, he's brain dead. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sad because I grew up on the radio playing his songs and in clubs. I'm not super sad. I know this is an overdose situation. Mm -hmm. I'm not super sad because he's, he probably created a lot of carnage mm-hmm. when he was a younger man. Like everybody seems to forget <laughs> like the things Jay-Z used to sell. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm a little conflicted and, and I try not to be a hypocrite. I try to like, we try to contextualize things and the context is fuck. I love DMX music. Fuck. He was also a pretty bad dude before he became like a pop star. Um, but I was off my phone yesterday and I had to remind myself every time I picked up my phone, Google or check in and see if he had died yet. And because it, to me, loving his music, it's going to be a sad moment for me. I agree. It's going to be a sad moment for, I think for a lot of people. Cause he was, I mean, he's an, he was a music, an artist that was still pretty popular up into like the early two thousands. Right. Like even. I'd say it, it began to go away and he became a throwback artist in the late, like as you get to oh nine oh eight oh nine and ten. I would say yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like two thousand ten. Agreed. Um, so I mean, I think that it's a there's a younger population that's like, oh, you know, that's too bad. Um, which it is too bad. I, I'm that when Thomas told me I was in the bedroom and all of a sudden he's like, oh no, and I said what? What happened? And he goes DMX. I think he's going to die. And I immediately thought of my brother, my oldest brother, Carl, because he really loved DMX. And he was very much like a, you know, in the car would blast the music when it would come on. And we would just like crack up and think it was the best time ever. So (laughs) granted, we were kids listening to that awful music, but that's okay. I I also enjoyed the movie Exit Wounds with him and Steven Seagal. I didn't watch it. It's a good watch, or it was a couple of times in the 2000s. I didn't watch it, but I did listen to, we did listen to the playlist this weekend on when we were good. heading to the park. It was um, nice. So, to remind everybody else, people might just go, oh, I love DMX, he's a great artist, but you probably only really liked a couple of songs, Party Up being one of them. Um, he also, as I was going through some of the songs, like, he invented slang like nobody said what up dog before he did get at me dog am i right i think so you sure i might be a little young for that okay well (laughs) i don't think i don't remember anybody saying what up dog or yo dog until get at me dog but he i maybe it's just me but i liked a lot of his songs that weren't like pop hits which was maybe just like one and a half songs um, and I, when I say pop, like party up, but also yeah. Rough Riders Anthem. Yeah. So that was what we played. We played Rough Riders Anthem in Perrysburg and blasted it and, you know, had a good time. Let's, uh, let's, 
let's be nostalgic. Let me give you some things, okay? Um, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, this one. I love the beat in this one. Remember that one? I do not remember that one, no. But it is a nice one. You are a youngin. I am. Yeah, I only listen to the mainstream stuff mostly. Uh, but these were like hip-hop radio hits. And it, well, and I was also young enough to where I had to have the clean versions, right. the CD, <laughs> you know. All right, let me give you a couple more. Um, okay. ba, 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 ba. Like, I girlfriend. Hold up. I gave you what you gave me, boo. Enough. <laughs> You know that one? I do very uh, well. DMX and Cisco on that one. Uh, three more here, and he wasn't always yelling. He was actually good at these type of tracks. That's slipping. I knew that one. Uh, this one, I think, was from... It might have been from the Exit Wounds soundtrack. It was definitely from a soundtrack. One more, and I hope you know this one. It, I'm going to need part of your black card if you don't, okay? Do you need? Do you know that song? I don't. You're gonna. Oh. I'll, I'll give it to you. I, I will. I will. Oh, I'll give it to you. So I don't, I mean, I need to know the years that some of these came out. Because I, I feel like I was probably a good seven years old. <laughs> like, Get At Me Dog and that first album-ish was like 98. But some yeah. most, all those were like 2000 to 2004. Mm, I mean, there, I did, ha I remember having a whole CD or two of his, but I don't, some of those songs you played, I just don't remember. I mean, in 98, I was eight or or seven. So I was like, yeah. I get it. You were listening to your Hanson and Spice Girls shit. I was still listening to Hanson and Spice Girls exactly right. And like my, like it was either that or smooth jazz that my parents made me listen to. Like I had a really good time with the verses that was yesterday with Earth, Wind and Fire and the Isley Brothers. I saw that. I, it was I, good. I saw people talk. Did they sing? <laughs> did they sing it or speak it? Because they didn't rap it. They sang it. Got it. Um, and it was just, it was like people are arguing that it was the best verses that has been done out of all of them. And then Steve Harvey, I think, hosted and he did a lot of like barbecue style like cutting pausing the music and telling a story and then another story you know we love to tell stories when we're having a good time well this is what i'm doing now with these dmx songs i'm yeah. sorry sorry <laughs> to, there's another one that's kind of a pop song but um 
X gonna give it to you? Oh yeah, only, I know that one. Only because of Deadpool. Oh really? No, I don't think so. I knew about it way before Deadpool. Right, right, right. But the, the white people. Oh yeah. They got yeah. hip to it because because de- it was I think it was in one of the Deadpool movies, and it's a great song. Yeah, I mean, I do. So I was exposed to DMX from, like I said, from my brother. So I knew a lot about him. But then I didn't know Thomas knew as much as he did. So when we were in the car this weekend and we were like DMX was the theme, he played a lot of stuff that I didn't know anything about that he was just vibing out to. It was funny. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, uh, it'll be sad. It, it it seems like it's near the yeah. end. It's very, yeah. very upsetting. But That's too bad. Again, let's not forget he did some bad things. Um, not that he hasn't. Paid his right. his punishment for those, and obviously this is an addiction, an overdose, and yeah. um, it's interesting to read about his addiction story because it's it's gone on a long time, times where he had walked himself back into rehab. So uh, another reminder of that. Yeah, yeah, it is too bad. Um, I did not watch it. Actually, you don't watch Law and Order stuff, right? Nope. Okay. Um, I didn't watch it, but it made a lot of money this weekend. It's it's almost like. Maybe going to pull us out of the pandemic. So give us Godzilla versus Kong, your review. Did you watch it? No, not oh yet. Oh, my God. I, so but- I I thought it was it was entertaining. I mean, if it in a in a Michael Bay style entertainment and that there was a lot of action, there were so many holes in the story and there were like a couple storylines that just I didn't really get it. It didn't make sense if it's if they're setting it up for another um, movie, then maybe it'll make some sense later on. But there was, you had to like separate yourself from what you were watching compared to what we know reality to be in a, in a way, obviously because King Kong and Godzilla, but just because of some other things that were happening as well. Like you kind of had to separate yourself. Um, but then I love King Kong the like the character or whatever, because he, he tends to like mind his business and doesn't want to be bothered unless you bother him. The same with Godzilla. So I like the two characters in their own films and I did not want to see them fighting each other. And so when they were fighting, I felt really bad for King Kong because he was essentially like a slave <laughs> the whole time. Like the whole story, they used him to get to another, to get to like Middle Earth or to the Hollow Earth. Like they used him for that by like putting him on a boat and then putting his life at risk and then putting him in the air and then dropping him, literally dropping him in Antarctica. And he's just sad the whole time. Literally, he this little girl taught him how, taught him how to use sign language, and he kept signing that he was sad and wanted to go home. Oh. It was terrible. It was terrible. And then and then he's getting his ass beat by Godzilla when they don't even need to be fighting each other. Like it was the humans' fault that they were fighting each other in the first place. Godzilla just wants to mind his own business too until humans start to self-destruct and then he's got to come and step in and handle it <laughs> wait back back up if uh if you're gonna get pissed for what i'm about to a- ask alex too bad <laughs> can i have the plot because yeah what what brings godzilla if you're watching this movie for the plot you're an idiot what brings godzilla and king kong to blows Okay, so um, obviously this I'm gonna get give a lot of spoils. There's a company, there's a large company like Elon Musk style company that has lots of high technology. I don't really know the name of it. They were somehow sending out a signal attracting Godzilla to their signal. So Godzilla came out and started like re- like wreaking havoc in I think Florida. 
um, because of the signal that they were giving out that only he could somehow detect and then came to it what? and then started being violent. What, uh, what, what, why would you call Godzilla? Because they made their own. So they created their own Godzilla. And I think they wanted to fight him. Like, I think they wanted to. I don't know if. Like, test him out? I think so. I think so. They wanted to test him out and prove that they're the Godzilla that they had made. So imagine, like, we have, like, a Titan-style creature in this world that we know comes out every now and then. And then Elon Musk decided to create his own version of that. Um, and then. Did, didn't they watch Jurassic Park? Bad idea. <laughs> oh, so God. then. And, but but um, the reason King Kong was involved is because there's a there was a hollow earth theory. So then it involved like a writer similar to I think it's 20, 2012 or something like that. There's a hollow earth theory and um, the this this same character, this Elon Musk style character realized that he had found it and King Kong was going to take them to take him to the hollow earth somehow so they Hol got what's hollow earth or middle earth like, like so the core of the earth is actually not like lava it's another world where creatures like king kong and godzilla came from is that like middle earth lord of the rings stuff i think so and it actually was so it was so they did find it did exist and la and lava wasn't actually the floor was not lava there was lava there but the floor was not all lava there were still trees and like jurassic park style creatures all sorts of stuff down there. King Kong took them down there. Turns out that's where he was from. The problem is they tricked him into thinking that if he did that, he may find his family. They're like, you may find your family down there because he didn't want to go. So then he went voluntarily. His family wasn't there, but he did still like in the end, he was still he, he still seemed happy because he got to stay there. Um, him and Godzilla fought each other um, and then like ended up fighting this creature that was created to be like Godzilla and killed the creature. Um, and then Godzilla went off into the water again, like he always does, walks off into the water and says, I'm out, bitches. King Kong then went back to his where he was from in the core of the earth and lived there. It, I mean, it was it what fine, but I just didn't love I didn't love it. I, I, I really, and I don't tend to lean into those things. I mean, I go to the zoo for Christ's sake, like, and sometimes I drink out of a straw. Um, I'm not like that person, but I really did not like it. It, it almost made me want to turn it off because it was so sad. <laughs> it was just like, Jesus, we are awful people. Yeah. This has been a very, so DMX is dying. Gwen Stefani's coming. <laughs> King Kong is being used to fight something. Yeah, this, this, is, very, this is a very somber podcast for me today. <laughs> King Kong did whoop Godzilla's ass, though. He, I think did inevitably, he? I think he like inevitably lost to him, but he got in some major punches. Like he got in some good ones. It was a good fight. Like the fighting scenes were pretty good. But okay. the other, the other pieces to the story, the one character that was added that I do love was the um, New Zealand boy that was in Deadpool. Um, oh, the, the little, the little uh, rotund boy. Yes. He's I, great. He's fantastic. He was in like a Christmas movie this season. He was fantastic in Deadpool. Um, he is in, he was in that and he played a character that brought a lot of humor to it. In my opinion, I really enjoy him. I like, I hope to see him in more stuff just as he is. Julian Dennison? Yes. Yeah. Julian Dennison. I wanted to look up his name. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he is something. Did he, did he have his little accent? He did. He, he's, he's like an adult now. 
I mean, Deadpool 2 was 20... 2018, 2018, so yeah, three he, years ago. He's not an adult, but he's definitely like of the age where us adults are like, geez, you grew up. Right. <laughs> you grew up fast. Well, what's her face is in it too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Millie, Millie Bobby Brown, but yeah. she, but she's looked like a 20 year old since she was like 13. So I don't really, I don't, I'm done with her. And you think she, she could get like a, better i mean that's probably a nice payday or maybe it's not i don't know the economics of all things hollywood but you you'd think she has earned something more than like just giant monsters swinging at each other something where she can like show off her skills more than that she was in sherlock holmes or, or saw, she yeah, was it was the Ebo- Ebo- enola holmes enola holmes that was pretty good but i th- honestly she might have like her career her early career might have screwed her over because she did. She get. Did she reach her peak at like fourteen and fifteen? It's, it's always a reasonable question to ask. Um, I don't think so. I wouldn't mm. make that bet. I am still wondering. I thought we were getting a Stranger Things season four last summer. Maybe the pandemic threw all that off. I think we're going to. I think they already filmed it. Yeah, I thought it was coming last summer. But um, okay, so you have given me multiple reasons to not watch Godzilla <laughs> versus King Kong. But speaking of Stranger Things, you did give me reason to watch Concrete Cowboy, and that was very good. All right, let's go through that. So that's Idris Elba, and I think it's the black kid from Stranger Things. I don't know his name. And I forget, it, yeah. It caught my attention because I read a lot of um, Philadelphia websites to keep up on things back home, mostly sports, mm-hmm. and it is about cowboys from Philadelphia who did a bunch of things in Detroit, so it tied my life together nicely. I just don't like cowboy stuff. So sell me. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it, it was, they, it was very, um, so obviously it was a true story about the Fletcher street, um, cowboys, but apparently in Philadelphia, there were multiple, um, stables with, with African-American led cowboys in Philadelphia until they each got, um, kind of closed because of gentrification. But, um, they were explaining why there were cowboys in Philadelphia, like, you know, they, they have been there since the very beginning before cars existed when horses and buggies were used to bring food to the, to the area from more rural towns. Um, and the, and they kept up with the horses and, and the, that was the duty of the cowboys to just bring food to the neighborhoods and take care of the, the other black people in the neighborhoods. So they talked about, um, they went over a lot of history. The main plot of this was that there was a young boy from Detroit, um, that was, essentially wild i've seen this plot many times in many different films so that part was very predictable if that makes any sense what wasn't predictable and what i thought like was wonderful is that it was a story about um blackness and the black experience it was about you vanished my alarm went off. The story was about this wild kid that needed to get his life together because he was getting older. I want to say like maybe 15, getting kicked out of school, was going to ruin his future, getting in with bad crowds and could not be like, and I'm going to use this word because I'm trying to relate it to a animal, couldn't be tamed, right? Couldn't be controlled. And so the mom went and the mom literally picked him up from school with his bags in the car and took him to his father's and said, I can't care for this. She was a single mom. She says, I can't do this. I'm taking you to your father who had been absent in this young boy's life. So the father, the young boy was obviously very like resentful of his dad. Didn't want to be around his dad. His dad was Idris Elba, the, the cowboy in Philadelphia. And the way that the young boy kind of matured was by 
learning about his father, learning about the history of his people in Philadelphia, because that was that is those are his ancestors who were a part of the Fletcher Street Cowboys. And then um, there was also a wild horse that had just been taken in and he took really well to this horse. So the wild kid and the wild horse bonded and what you know, symmetry. I know. So I was like, we've seen this plot over and over and over again, but these added pieces to it make it a really nice story and a really nice movie. So we did enjoy it. Um, I loved that the real Fletcher Street Cowboys were in the film and not just in a scene or two. They were in the film throughout. Like, but their acting was so good that I'm like, good for you. Like, I, I had a feeling. I said, these guys must be the real cowboys these must be the real people that this story is about um but they can't be because this acting it actually isn't half bad <laughs> like this is pretty good um and it was so then at the end of the story they kind of give you some more information and then they cut to pictures of the real people um and it was really nice to hear that and to see that they're still doing it i liked it there was some gang violence in there there was some death in the sh in the real life stuff um but it was a did you not watch it i didn't um, I, what the hell? You told me to watch it, but you didn't watch it. That's absolutely correct, Alex. I'll take. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, maybe I'll get to it again. I'm not a cow, and I know it. The cowboy stuff is just the background for a good story Very that much, we've seen yeah. a lot with an actor I adore, but cowboys really turned me off. Maybe I'll. Uh, is it long? How long is it? No, I don't think it was long. We got through it in one day and didn't even realize. You know what I mean? From start to finish, it was good. So you didn't notice. I did not. minutes. Durable. Yeah. I, I didn't notice like how long I may have been sitting there. But I would say there's not a ton. They only use the term cowboy and they explain where the term cowboy came from. So they aren't actually cowboys and they don't spend a lot of time like running around on horses. It's really about the other pieces of the story. Um more than it is the cowboys but there is i obviously i love animals so i love some of the stuff with the horses Ooh, do any of the animals get sick or die or hurt no none of them get sick or die or they get hurt okay. one of them does get loose um at a and like runs into a baseball game that's in the middle of the city and then um apparently and, and they didn't show it but so one of the plots is that these cowboys were constantly getting harassed by animal control and by the city and animal control said, I told you last time you have a dead rotting horse back there. You need to get it out of there. Allegedly. They never actually showed it. So. Okay. Yeah. That's a no go for me. Non-starter. Um, <laughs> Lucas Sinclair is the Stranger Things character played by Caleb McLaughlin, which is. Sounds right. When I read that name and when I was reading about this movie, I'm like, wait a second. It's a movie about a black family? Caleb McLaughlin is not a... Oh, wait. Yeah, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yeah, well, Thomas's but, last name is Holland. <laughs> you know. Oh, by the way, I just gave his information. C Caleb? I mean, that yeah. strikes of snooty white guy. I suppose. And this kid, that kid is actually a lot older than the other kids from Stranger Things. He's 19 so, now. Well, yeah. maybe they're all that old. No, I, mean, I want to say the others are like 16. Okay. But he, <laughs> he cracks me up. I was like, somebody needs to tell this kid to wash his face. Like, his, this was such like a grungy movie, and he looks sweaty and dirty the whole time. And I'm like, kid, wash your face. 
but he like he was also living in a house that had a horse in it inside the house exactly so. and horses can be dirty <laughs> um, let me do a quick traffic report and then we'll do some ser- more serious stuff okay yeah okay back hi hi um it's too late but it would have been great. I finally came up with a good name that I could have called Amanda to keep her secret and private in things like this. She uh, she and her son, they both, he likes black olives. She likes green olives. So it would have been great to call her. It's too late now, though. Olives. Olives. Oh, that's cute. She did something super sweet for me. She went to go. Her family lives in Western PA or some of her family. Did she get uh, Wawa? That's Eastern PA. Oh. Um, I trust me. I asked, so she went to visit them for Easter, and her. I t- I saw pictures of her son. I was like, "Can you get him out of the young Republican's outfit, please?" <laughs> what do you mean? Just the way he was dressed. He looked like he was headed to a, you know, rally. A, a, who are the Trump kids? What's what? A Don Trump fundraiser. Um, so she did go to Primanti Brothers for me. I don't know what that is. Primanti Brothers is like. Cheesesteaks in Philadelphia. Ooh. Uh, pizza in New York City. Like, the food in Pittsburgh is Primanti Brothers. They're, they're famous for that. Like, here we have Paco's. Mm-hmm. They have Primanti Brothers in, in Pittsburgh. And they're giant sandwiches with French fries and coleslaw on them. There, I think there's one up at the Detroit airport now, so there's one not far away. But um, she brought one back for me, and it was obviously a day old, but even a day old, the fries were really good, and it was a, a really good, really big sandwich. We have those. So I also went home this weekend, obviously, and um, we have Polish boys. So we had um, my friend's mom passed away, and her services were this weekend, And so we were there just supporting my friends. And one of the things that we did was we actually went to one of these, like one of our favorite takeout places in a really terrible neighborhood. I'm talking about bulletproof glass everywhere. And you have to talk through a microphone to order your food. And we got like a buffet of rib tips and chicken wings and Polish boy sandwiches and all sorts of stuff and took it back to our hotel and got all the pizza like and for me it's all the things I can't get here in Toledo that I that I constantly want when I go home that I have to have when I go home I eat crazy when I go home which hasn't been for a while but yeah uh you know one of my one of my rules the more dangerous the neighborhood the better the the better the food yep 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 yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, and this 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 restaurant is so good that they had. Um, why are words escaping me? They expanded into other parts of Cleveland, like other suburbs. But the food, the the original that's in the ghetto, like in the hood, nothing compares to it. They are the best. Yeah. Um, if people don't know the cheesesteak places in Philadelphia, like there's two that have been around and had the reputation longer than any, any other place. Um, they're in South Philadelphia. It's, mm-hmm. they're not like some food strip. They're like in a neighborhood um, of like, imagine like a tightly packed neighborhood where, you know, only one car can get down a the street. They're in something like that. <laughs> so it's amazing. Some of these older places that have been around for a while, they're in neighborhoods that a lot of people aren't, used to or familiar with you know i've never been to philadelphia i've always wanted to go that in dc i would let's take a trip you drive that's fine i like to drive i hate driving but I, yeah i i would we can do that i i would love to go to philadelphia we'll plan a trip i'm i'm kind of mostly serious yeah in the summer when it's warm please 
Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Some before we do some serious things, and we won't go too long with them because there's some things that we've kind of talked about in the past. Uh, I'm I'm not going to watch, but I'll keep an eye on my social media. I'm very excited to see Aaron Rodgers do Jeopardy because apparently he loves the show and studied for like hours and hours and hours to be as good as he possibly could. And if you've ever seen his press conferences, he's uh, he can be a dick and mm. he can be very snarky. So mm. I'm excited to see Aaron Rodgers do Jeopardy tonight and for like two weeks. Okay, I was going to say, the first few nights might be a little rough for him. He's got to get into his groove of being like, is he uh, ho- hosting Jeopardy? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is going to be interesting because you never you never put Aaron Rodgers and host in the same sentence. So I'd be curious like how he's going to do with that. But this could be something like the the after he's got a few under his belt that he might be okay at and could be like a regular like guest host at some point. I like the idea of that because he's an athlete and you never see like athletes don't do this. Um, So it shows his range, I guess, if that makes any sense. So that's pretty cool. He has a very snobby dickish personality. I mean, I think he grew up in a pretty affluent way in California. He went Mm -hmm. to the university of Cal, which is a pretty prestigious school. He's a very bright guy, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. And there will be people like you who just know him from what what he plays and what he does, and never see him talking. They're like, wow, and kind of be kind of have their jaws to the floor. So I'm looking forward to it. Although, like you know his personality and who he is way better than I do because of the sports connection. I am going to make the assumption he might not be that bad, other than some of the occasions that he's said. And other than some of the things he's done publicly, the fact that he's marrying Shailene Woodley, who is a huge hippity dippity, progressive, liberal, like the fact that he's marrying her would make me think that he might be a little bit more relaxed than we think. Oh, I think he'll be fine. I mean, remember, he's always dated high profile people. She's not high profile to me, though. She's like, I mean, she's Shailene Woodley, but I feel like there's probably people listening who don't know who that is. She had a moment when she was in that series thing that, but that was, Oh, divergent. Right. But that was her only moment, you know? So, I mean, she's had a couple others, but she's not that high profile. She's, I think she's had more moments publicly with her activism and like getting arrested (laughs) than she has films. Like, you know, but he's used to that. He dated one of the Olivia's. I think Olivia Munn, Olivia Munn. He was with Danica Patrick for a long time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, He's got a type. He hates his family. Oh, really? Like, he outwardly hates his family. There there was a thing when his brother was on The Bachelor. Uh Like, that shit show tried to bring Aaron Rodgers into it, and he just hates his family. Are they they conservatives? I don't know. I just think, again, he's a very unique kind of individual like like yeah. me, like me in, in some ways like there are just some people like and you know this when you don't have chemistry with somebody you can't tolerate them you don't want to be around them you just want to cut them out of your life uh, yeah yeah agreed all right so that's tonight for the next two weeks some of the more serious things um did you see the dales story i did <laughs> Okay. We, we, yeah. don't, we don't spend a whole long time on this. And I did check. So Dale's diner is closing because he can't find employees. Right. Bill Anderson, who owns Dale's, also owns the Dale's that was 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 having 
that's mask what I, issues. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Over the summer, I checked in on that, and it is the same person. Thanks to Jay at WTOL now, and, and congrats to Michael Tater at WTOL. I think this is like his first story that has gotten people angry in the comments. <laughs> um, so good for him. That's he, because it's because of that's because it's about Dale's. <laughs> Well, and, and money as well. Um, yeah. And then he actually did like, there's two parts. It was one, they're closing. And then he actually did another part speaking to a woman who says, I'm not getting off unemployment until I get paid what I deserve. Right. So great perspective. And I just re, I, I just re, reiterate my thoughts. Like you have the power of no, whether it's where you work and you can't get a raise or you don't think what you're getting is, is enough what you're, for what you're doing. Go look for another job. Go interview. You can say, no, I will not work here anymore. And if you are interviewing at a place and you don't like what you're uh, uh, being offered in compensation, you can say, no, thank you. I will pass on this job. And I remember now, so you know as well as I do, there are a lot of places hiring. I, yep. go, to, I go to Panera every day and I talk to the, to the people there. My friends there, they're having a hard time hiring. And I think we talked about this last week. There's a mm-hmm. variety of reasons. Um, some of it is people like being on unemployment. There are other reasons as well. If you pay people more, but not extravagant for what the work is being asked of them, then you should be able to get employees. But I do remember now before the pandemic, like two years ago, a lot of places were hiring, which was good for the person looking for jobs. That way they could go, you know what? This place is going to pay me 17 and you're only going to pay me 15. So they had choices. So I think... The um, the volume of places hiring might tie a little bit back to a couple of years ago where there were a lot of places because business was good. And that's probably a, a, a thing now. So we've talked about this before. I have no sympathy. Um, and, and, on top of, and on top of paying people well, treat them even better. Agreed. Don't, don't treat people like, look, I work at a place where you don't get paid a lot of money, but I get treated well by somebody like Dana and, and Jerry. So there are other benefits. My friends at Panera, I talked to the manager there, that who oversees that store. She said, corporate wants us to give out gift baskets, welcome baskets to new employees. So, oh, that's nice. Yeah, and it might be unusual or a little over the top, but it shows a potential employee, a prospective one, or someone who's just getting going here that... They give a shit about you and you're not just a number and replaceable. I agree. I don't. So I was going to text you about this this weekend, but I think we both were just like quietly doing our own things. And I was like, isn't this the same guy that's up in mommy that caused all the stir because he was actively defying orders for how you can operate your business during the pandemic and didn't, you know, didn't care about a lot of that stuff. I, I just, it's disappointing to see that this is being circled back to a political issue when it's not a political issue, in my opinion. It's just you're understaffed. Like, it happens to people all the time. Unfortunately, you'll have to close your restaurant for that reason. But how about you look reflectively internally and find out, are you paying them enough? What's ha- You know what I mean? I, I'm sure you're paying them what you can based on the business that you're getting in, like based on your revenue. So then what adjustments do you make? Do you need to make to bring in more revenue so that you can maintain your staff? Like those are all things that we think about. I understand that we're in a pandemic where people are getting stimulus checks and they're getting more money and unemployment than they would than they would normally. But uh, I agree. Like, why would you know, why would it be? Why would somebody choose to go back to work? Um, I don't I'm trying to say this carefully. Like. 
if somebody is making more money on unemployment right now than they would working a regular job, if that's what they need to do to to feed their family or to get themselves a cushion so that they can survive, like then fine, like let them do it. I understand. But it's unfortunate that it became political again from this person. He seemed like this owner was very political in this. What was it? The fall? Well, we were talking about Dale's for another reason, the mommy location. So I'm just like, okay, all right, that's, you know, that's too bad, but people are going to do what they need to, to support themselves and their families. And that's unfortunate. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah. Like a lot goes into this. And unfortunately, like everything becomes right political. Like I'm seeing way too much Monday morning talk about the Atlanta all-star game. And that was, oh. pretty, that was pretty cut and dried. And I saw people talking about that who didn't need to, but I loved it though. You can politicize anything. And thankfully, uh, Michael in the story throughout some other reasons, got another side of it. And I, I don't have a problem with someone, as you said, building a cushion. When I was, uh, when I got fired from my heart, I took my severance and I was I, I was gonna take my unemployment. Like uh, PK from Balance today wanted to me to reword something on my Facebook page. He's like, "You don't pay unemployment tax. Um, your employer does." Yeah, but you mm-hmm. know what? Your employer these days holds back some some wages from you, yeah, so that they can pay unemployment. That's um, true. It's in some way it's your money. Like I I think I earned like seven grand in unemployment. Um. And I took all of it because, you know, for, I looked at it this way, for all the hours that I worked, and I made decent money over there, for all the hours that I work, all the above and beyond, always the on-call, like, I I earned that money and I was going to get it, and I didn't sit on my ass, I Mm -hmm. networked with people, I connected with people, I found my path, I got deeper into mental health advocacy, so... Make that cushion for yourself. Use that time to find right. things, to right. find the right job that, that can move you forward. And now, just know, at some point, it's going to go away. You got right. In the same way that Bill Anderson knew that this train was coming down the tracks, maybe you should have raised your, your costs a little while ago, a, right. a, you know, 10%, so this wouldn't have to happen. Everybody knows what we've been dealing with for a long, long time now. So there's a lot of things that go into it. And one more thing that wasn't mentioned in the story was maybe whatever your business is, for maybe you're attracting shitty people who you don't want to hire. Like, you, you attract what you are, so maybe you've got to look in the mirror a little bit as well. I and and I I mean I don't know how true this is um so I'll I'll lead with this but I did see that there was another comment that was made by somebody who knows this business that said the food there is not expensive and they're not open for all of your normal restaurant hours so then the staff are not getting as many tips um and the you know with the food not being as expensive there's not as much revenue coming in so I would encourage this person to again look internally um, instead of blaming it on the pandemic and the stimulus money. And I, I know what, it, and, and I'm, I'm not going to shame somebody who is on, on, who chooses to stay on unemployment rather than work. I know that it can, it seems, I know that's an unpopular opinion and it can be frustrating, but again, you really don't know what it's like to be living paycheck to paycheck with no cushion at all. And so if somebody is on unemployment productively, like you said, Eric, knowing that there's going to be an end to it with potentially a plan in place, I would hope that the majority of people are doing it this way. I understand that's not always reality. It just, you know, if, if that's going to help some folks, fine. Am yeah. I going to choose to be bitter and say, I don't have that leg up? Nope. 
you know, I'm not going to, because if somebody is able to save some money while caring for their family and spending more time like schooling their kids, because that's the other thing. Like, let's think about that. Like some people are choosing to stay on unemployment so they can stay home and take care of their family because we families, because we now know the kids are coming out of this pandemic with some serious mental health challenges. So like get off it. You know what I mean? Just let's move on. Um, open up your business once you can get staffed again, get creative with how you're going to do that, just like everybody else. And let's keep it moving. Like I've had staffing issues. I've had to come in and work multiple shifts a day so that I could cover staff. But you don't see me blaming that on the pandemic. (laughs) Like You know, I don't think I've said that once. I think there was a woman on my Facebook page who eloquently and informatively explained like how, like how restaurants have been affected, where there's extra cleaning measures. Yeah. There's less people because of the restrictions and the protocols that we're at. So, yeah, and again, like, this is not a new thing, Mr. Anderson. Um, and if your people are that devoted, they wouldn't mind if, you know, like, there's regulars everywhere. If all of a sudden Panera upped their unlimited coffee by a buck for a month, fine. Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the one that's making money off of that one. Yeah. Um, one thing we've not talked about, which should probably be more of the discussion at this point, since the staffing issues seem to be mostly restaurant places. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this is a thing in Europe. I've seen some pretty thoughtful people throw it out here that it's time to get rid of um, restaurant wages and tipping and just pay them as at, with a normal wage. And mm-hmm. I, I think this is a big deal in Europe where they get paid what they get paid. And I don't think tipping is, is allowed. I actually don't remember when I went, if I tipped, I think I did tip maybe. I don't remember. But that person probably wasn't making also like three fifteen an hour. Right. No, I'm sure. I mean, I, cause I was, I was in France and then Ireland and Scotland. I don't remember for all the meals that I paid for <laughs> what I did with them. Like if I gave them a tip or not, I don't. Yeah. Maybe I didn't. Maybe, you know what? I think you might be right. I think I didn't because I think, Karis's family is like, what are you doing? We don't tip. Yeah. You I'm, might be right. Well, I'm certain that it happens over there. And I don't know if some places allow it with some grace or it's a flat no. But I know that in Europe, yeah, they, they don't get like a a waitress or waiter or server wage like we have here. And right. tipping is a lot less of a thing there than it is here. Now, the thing I think about, and I don't know this issue that well, I'm wondering if some people would be vehemently against that. Like, I don't know, the attractive people, the ones with bigger tits. <laughs> the ones that get the money. Right, 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 right. right. Maybe. So maybe just, maybe. Something, just something to keep on your radar as, you know, we move forward that we can talk about more more thoughtfully when the time comes up. Sure. Um, There was a there was a um, editorial today. Yeah, it was an editorial from The Blade not somebody who wrote in. They were talking about dollar stores and they eventually got around to the point. But I, and we have our criticisms about dollar stores and and the editorial was fine. But the thing that struck me about it was in like the second paragraph where it says, um, these places at least offered the basics, bread and milk. And whenever I think about bread and milk, I think about snowstorms. And (laughs) and again, like I said, they got around to it later on in the editorial but it's probably best to extract bread and milk as basics mm-hmm. from from reality. Like, let's make it water and produce. 
because that stuff's healthier. And I know it doesn't last as long, but nobody gets locked in their house for weeks at a time. And that stuff is usually a lot a lot cheaper than the bread and milk anyway. So You think so? I don't think so. Oh, go, go, I mean, I go to Monette's and like, what's a loaf of bread cost? Four bucks? For 12 bucks, I can get vegetables and produce for a week and beyond. Um, okay, so I've not been to, I mean, I go to like the big box stores like Kroger and um, maybe I'll go to Meyer. Give, um, give me something from those places that you buy and I'll, I'll translate it to a small marketplace. I don't even, I don't, shame on me for not looking at prices, but I can't tell you. Okay. Um, it, it's just escaping me right now. But I, obviously we know that the bread and milk ordeal came from probably like the Great Depression where, you know, that's, and like government, like when you were on government assistance, like what did you stand in line for? Cheese, bread, milk. You know what I mean? Like that, Yeah. I feel like those, those are, that's where those things come from. Um, where nowadays you're right, like, and, and they weren't thinking as much about health or cholesterol or all of that good stuff where nowadays you should be thinking about those things. I personally think that especially if you're um, receiving assistance, you should not have to pay more for produce and for healthy foods than you should for the, the crappy ones. You know what I mean? Uh, well, that stuff is usually cheaper, but again, it depends where you go. And they, they That's are, true. the editorial did say that some of these places are trying to stock those items, but it also, it made a criticism of um, saying that these places have like lots of junk snacks and sodas and they do. They do. They do. It, 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 like that's kind of the, you got to change what the shopper goes there for. Yeah. Um, and that comes with education. So no, you don't have to eradicate dollar stores. In fact, this article echoed what I've been saying for a long, long time. You've heard me say, take that ProMedica market on the green ID and just copy and paste it everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it, it was critical saying, are you going to take the sodas and snacks out of Kroger? No, jackass, because that's a like a super market where yeah. there's plenty of options. The, the I would say the average customer goes to these dollar places to grab junk things. And if we can change that mindset, one, it's usually cheaper Two, it's probably going to keep you healthier. I go to the dollar places because there's a Dollar General that opened around the corner for me. I go for the um, add-ins. So for the things like I'm sending Thomas to the Dollar General um, on the way home because I need spaghetti sauce and spaghetti noodle. I already have the meat here. I just need him to get those two little things so that because I don't feel like going to the store and I just need those in my in my pantry, like in my closet. That's not what I have. Um, or I will go for milk or I will go for eggs because it's Friday night and I want to make breakfast the next morning. Um, but but like it is a lot of the rest of the stuff is just sh- crap like noodles, you know, you ramen know, the stuff. ramen noodles, um, some soups that they, they re- I wish there would be more produce. It shocked me the other day that our Dollar General has ground beef in it. Like you can buy ground be- raw ground beef. Yeah. That shocked the hell out of me. I was like, wow, that's impressive. But the lunch meat is more expensive. Those things are more expensive in these Dollar Generals and these dollar, you know, not dollar stores because Dollar Tree is Dollar Tree. Um, but in, <laughs> in the Dollar General than when you're going to like a regular grocery store. Those places have to change their DNA um, or people will continue to come after them. You know, so. I, I had one experience with Thomas where he had not shopped at a Dollar Tree before. We did go shopping at a Dollar Tree when we had less money a couple years ago. And I said, listen, meats and things, milk and bread will get at this grocery store, everything else, Dollar Tree. And he goes, how much is this pop? I said, a dollar. 
how much is this candy? A dollar. These hot dogs? A dollar. <laughs> like, he's like, really? Like, it just shocked the hell out of him for some reason. Yeah. Um, we got into this a little bit last week because who was? Oh, there's a city council person asking um, to remove, like, sugary drinks from kids' menus in Toledo. Interesting. Which I'm all for because that's why I was a little fat kid. Um, so yeah, I, I'm all, I mean, again, the upshot of this is healthcare is expensive. It's really costly. It's never going to come down. Um, so put better things in your body so you can do your best to avoid those things. And by going like for exactly what Thomas just picked up and asked about, that's Uh people's diet. And that's why you, diabetes happens and yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. It just, I, I mean, my nephews don't know the difference. That we don't really give them pop and Andrew is almost six and Colin will be almost three. So for those of you who has, have kids, think about that. Um, and even if we did give them pop every now and then, like all they want is some water and Mio and Mio is no calories, no sugar, you know, like it's just that added that thing that you add to the water to make it taste like juice for them. And, and they love it. Now they love sparkling water, you know, or seltzer water. Um, so it's possible to not get kids dependent on those super sugary drinks um, and feel like you have to give it to them. Otherwise, they're going to cry and you'd rather not hear them cry again. Not a parent. So don't judge me. But it's possible. It's possible to change those habits so that they don't become overweight, obese, diabetic, diabetic, all of those things. Which brings me back to the beginning. Full circle here. Like, let's let's swap out bread and milk as basics for water and apples or something. Yeah, no, I agree. Last thing, um, a so Bree's co-worker, Sophia, at NBC, I adore her. I, it, it, she's so good at her job. <laughs> um, it, it sucks. She's so good. She's probably not going to be here long. But I've noticed, like, I think she's off during the week a couple of days, but she's the only, like, A-lister. Uh-huh. Sorry to everybody else. Um running hard on the weekends, particularly Sunday. So she gets like the whole weekend to grab good stories. I think the weekend crew goes from Thursday to Sunday. Not Sophia. No. She's, she's running hard on Sunday. Well, that's what I mean. Like our Thursday to Monday. Cause you said that she's off during the week, weekend, weekend um, shifts start like your weekend days start on like Thursday to Monday or something like that. Well, like, I don't know. I just don't see, like, the heavy hitters. Like, Sean Haggerty's not doing stories on Sunday. I know that. But right. um, Sophia is. She she keeps getting these gems. Like, she found out that... Um, so now that the road diet is staying in Maumee, and this, this I think, does affect you, they're going to lengthen the lights by 15 seconds to clean up some of that congestion. <laughs> oh, so they're going to... So the light the lights will be green for longer and red for longer? Uh, I Maybe just green for longer. You got to go read the story on NBC24.com. I suppose I saw you share it, so I should yeah. do that. So there's a little relief there. Now, my friend Jody made a good point. What about coming the other direction from the trail? So they're going to figure it all out. And I don't think anybody wants to be, I don't think it's good for anybody for just a traffic jam there every single day, high traffic hours of the day. But so far, the people who put the plan in place and the people who are a part of that community seem pleased with what's going on. I do not. I've noticed this the other day. I know we talk about traffic a lot on the podcast, and I know that there's a lot of people who care about it. Besides, like, huge traffic things that just completely divert me for, like, two years, 
Um, I don't really think that far into it. What they did in Maumee was not that big of a deal to me. I drive through Maumee still regularly and it's the same. Like it's the same amount of traffic going through it, the same, taking the same amount of time to get from one side to the other. Just I as, don't, just I as can't we, tell the difference. Just as we polit- we can truly politicize anything, <laughs> um, people can complain about anything. I, 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 we're, we're running long here, but let I thought about something over the weekend, and I don't know what made me think of it. Do share. Um, I think it was just like the middle class is dwindling. I, I think you know what it was. Yeah. I read a. Uh, it was a story about childcare and how the cost of child the, the cost of childcare doesn't match with um, what people make and how people have to make hard decisions. Some of which is like not even having kids. Like I, I, I and it was a very thorough and thoughtful article. Um, and it just made me think, when's the last time, like, the middle class didn't have valid complaints? And the two times I came up with were a little bit after World War II, so when my dad was a kid, and maybe the 90s. Maybe the 90s. I'm not an economist. I gave this very little thought. But I did fall on this. If the middle class didn't have valid complaints, do you know what they would be? What? Happy? Yeah. The upper class. <laughs> Do you know who complains about the middle class? The lower class. The lower class. So it's it's always going to be something, and it's like it's like just trying to plug holes in the boat. Like you're going to put your hand on one, something else is going to come over, and like who's to say whose problem is more important than the others? And that's why, like, it's just been overwhelming. Agreed. No, I I do agree with that. Like my opinion is irrelevant. I don't live in that area. I don't drive through that area daily. Like I can, you and I can talk all day long about how they took away the South Street on ramp to the highway, um, you know, and diverted me around to calling to the trail to Collingwood, then to the highway. We could talk about that all day long. Um, No, like I meant this. Like yeah, that's on a very small scale complaint. I, I meant like. Biden, I get. I've seen stuff that Biden's considering or seeing what he can do with the the school loan stuff. Like that is a big yeah. problem that affects you very deeply. It does. Um, so it'll be. That's what I say. Like that's why it's the middle class. Like there's always going to be valid complaints. Um, that I don't want to scoff at, and different parts of that segment of society, one thing will affect someone else. Like you want your school loan debt gone right now. But there are maybe- or, or at least the interest, at least like take away my interest, please, because that's not my fault. <laughs> and, right. and that seems like if he can stroke a pen real fast, like it's that like take away the interest because I worry about not to get in this discussion, but I worry about sure. the other side. Granted, that's the that's government money. But right. when someone who gives out a loan doesn't get paid like that person has to pay somebody. I, yeah. Yeah. So. To like bring it back to like everybody who lives our lifestyle and our age group for for lack of a for for to just make it general like there's always going to be valid concerns because we're not affluent we're not the upper class and as many people want school loans eradicated or something done with them there are many there are probably many other people some who probably have both these issues but some who only have one would just like the cost of childcare to go down like they would say screw you and your loans. I need like some kind of stipend 
for childcare. So we're always going to have concerns. So there's, and, and again, we are going long. I just had this conversation again with somebody today where I, I think have definitively decided in my mind that I am not going back to school. I'm not going to finish my master's degree. I'm just not going to do it because of the fact that I can't take on any more loans. Now, if you took away my interest on those loans, that would shave what I owe in half. My debt to income ratio drastically change. That could be something I could consider, but that's just not reality. One of the other things that Thomas and I also decided potentially this weekend, possibly like definitively, is we're not going to have a huge wedding, (laughs) you know, if we have one at all, (laughs) because it's like, why get me on the boat let's go we would not you know what i mean we would be living beyond our means to put on a show but we can't do that that would be wonderful if we could have the wedding of our dreams it doesn't work that way we're going to have to humble ourselves some people could find that to be incredibly sad you know and say that's sad you should be able to do what you want and celebrate and other people are saying i understand (laughs) you know i understand it's just we can't do it if i asked my dad and granted, maybe he's not the right per- the right age group, but there's always some challenge. We always oh as, sure we always have to make a accommod- comment. Every generation has to make accommodations, and that's just the way it is. The one after us will have to make their own accommodations, and sure. who, who knows what that will be. And you can when you said you'll have to have a smaller wedding, like it's kind of equitable or analogous to. Uh, people have to say, well, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to go to a, a trade school. Mm-hmm. But but Grammy, Grandma always said, I, I got to go to college. Well, look, times change and it's totally mm-hmm. fine. You know, like that discussion we had back in the fall. Um, don't listen to Disney. It's it's no, okay to... You, just because you're, you're not doing what an elder suggested or wanted or what you think TV or whoever is telling you doesn't mean you can't do something different and smaller... And not still be happy. And and at the same time, though, I think that you can say that with even right now, don't listen to social media. Don't, you know, take those things in stride. Like, don't listen to Disney can be elaborated into many things because there's the same conversation about, like, a late 20-something being upset that she can't afford a Louis Vuitton bag or some Louis-bottom shoes. And it's like, but why should you? You're driving a Honda. Right. Like, you know what I mean? That's that's just... it. Think about that for a second. Like that's just just because you can't afford those things. Thomas and I do that all the time because he can't outright buy a gun that he wants. And it's like, but that gun is twelve hundred dollars. That optical is four thousand dollars. Why do you think you should be able to afford that? Right. <laughs> Why? You know, anyway, expectation will kill you. It really will. It really yeah. will. Hope can be a four letter word. Mm-hmm. Um well it doesn't you didn't sound uh symptomatic for your for your Aunt Flo. This is great. Oh, Good podcast God. today. Well done. Well done. I'm dying over here. Has anybody ever explained to you, you man, what it's like to have cramps? Yes. And in a way that like helps you understand? I, I don't mean to make this <laughs> selfish, <laughs> but you tell me, because I think you have some sensitivities. When I couldn't figure out that I had a lactose issue uh-huh. every time, and I ate, I ate lactose, I was putting like greek yogurt in my protein shakes and if i ate like too much like some was tolerable it was just like an upset tummy Uh but if i ate slices of pizza or whatever and this is before i knew that i had it i had some some pretty debilitating uncomfortable cramps like it wasn't 
where I, I, I would have, no, there would be times I couldn't do things. That wasn't often, but it was, yeah. so, it was very uncomfortable. And I would say it feels like I'm, I'm dealing with PMS cramps. Literally like the men who listen to the podcast, imagine eating food, eating, like everybody has had something that has literally put them in the bathroom, sweating bullets. You're literally on the toilet, bent over with your hands, like in your stomach. Like it's just that painful. It burns in your stomach and it's like that worst stomach pain possible. Those are cramps. And I think the worst, that's exactly what cramps feel like. And the worst part is like, there's nothing you can do about them. It's not like you could go to the bathroom and sit on the toilet, use the bathroom and they get relief later. Like, nope, you think that you have to go to the bathroom because that's literally, it mimics the same pain as just intense stomach pain but you don't. So there's nothing you can do unless you get like an 800 milligram ibuprofen and go to sleep. <laughs> you totally described what it was like before I figured out I had that aha moment of, yeah. Yeah. It, it, again, it was probably, if you're on a 10 for all that stuff, this, this stuff was like a six or a seven. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, awful. So, and every girl has a couple months where it's just so awful. You get physically sick. That was me today. So that's why I came home. Where it's just that painful that you like vomit. You just get sick. So, you know, such is life. I'll be fine tomorrow. Um, Janet texted me. I got to catch up with the, the sorceress and see what she's got going on. I got to go see her. I really want to. I'm going to. Go. Um, all right. Well, uh, rest up. I will maybe. I'm going to watch Invincible tonight. Oh, I haven't um, even started. May, just save it for, for a binge. Yeah. And um, I'll maybe peek on Concrete Cowboy. You should. I think you actually would really like it. Kayla McLaughlin. <laughs> That's because it sounds like Sarah McLaughlin. It sounds like Matthew McConaughey's son. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. I was. That was the second name I was thinking. Good one. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. I'll talk to you later. Uh, bye bye.